Welcome to Just James's podcast. Scooby Doo Doo, Wobbly Wow, Billy Mariah, Wow, 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 with Thomas, definitely not Timothy. Yeah! Nailed it! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Just James. I am on time this week. I am very surprised, to be honest. Um, I'm literally, I was literally sitting on the floor because I sit on the floor when I dry my hair because it's a weird thing I do. I just like, I like to sit on the floor when I dry my hair. So um, I'm sitting on the floor drying my hair and I suddenly went, you know what you should do while you're sitting here is just get all your stuff together, get your podcast out and it's done and dusted. And that's exactly what I did. So I'm sitting on the floor. I've got my hair dry next to me. Hair's just just literally crisp dry. It's quite warm, actually. Um, and I thought, why not? Why not? We just we just bang this out. Get it done. Get it sorted. I know you guys wait for the podcast. I've been late the last couple of weeks. Things have been going on. Life has been busy. Life has been crazy. And um, I was just thinking about what to talk about with you guys this week. So I thought, why procrastinate? Let's just do this. Let's just have a chat. Let's just get it out. So I'm literally sitting on the floor with my microphone and my laptop. And I'm getting the podcast out to you. So um, hooray us. We're on time this week. So uh, Thomas is not with me because I'm not in the same room as him. Uh, I should have thought about bringing him through, but I didn't. I just brought everything else through and I'm sitting on the floor. How many times am I going to say I'm sitting on the floor in this podcast? I don't know. Uh, but hello everybody, welcome to Just James for my new listeners, hello for my regulars, how the heck are you dudes, um, it's Wednesday everybody, this week is flying, I went to Pilates this morning, I really felt lethargic, I felt tired, I've had shingles the last couple of weeks, I'm definitely on the end of it, I definitely feel better, but today I feel shattered and the weird thing is, is that last night I really struggled to go to sleep, I think I was hot. And then this morning I wake up really early because I was cold and I just can't seem to like, I just can't seem to win. <laughs> so I went to sleep with a, with a blanket over my duvet and I must have kicked it off in the night. And then this morning snuck down the end of the bed and pulled the blanket back up again and I was definitely cold this morning. So it's definitely winter. Winter's here, guys. It's, it's almost the end of November. Can you believe it? And... um. Yeah, we've probably got a month left of this podcast before I take a Christmas break. So let's see how many weeks we've got left. So one, two, three, probably three more weeks of podcasts after this one, guys, before I take a little Christmas break. So can you believe it? It's a time of year already. You know, um, how do I explain this? I, I'm quite a social person. I always have been. I, I love being around people. I love being around friends. I'm, I've, you know, I've always loved a glass of wine. And lately, and it's very out of character for me, but I've spoken about this in a couple of podcasts about sort of cutting people off and leaving friendships and walking away from friendships that are unhealthy for you. And I suppose it's a stage in my life where this is happening. But nobody really talks about the effects of cutting people off and the grief that actually comes with having to stand firm in those decisions, knowing it's not what you want often, but it's needed for your well-being. 
But what it's done for me, and I and I like to be really honest with you guys, and and you know, be honest in this podcast, and and tell you about myself and tell you about things that are bothering me. But I think I'm actually suffering with a little bit of social anxiety at the moment, a bit of social phobia, if you, if you want to even call it that. Um, I'm finding it very anxious when I'm getting invited to do things, to go and see people, to go out and do things, because I feel like it's actually affected me a little bit deeper than maybe I wanted to admit. Um, and I think that it's it's making me rather just want to be at home. And I mean, at the moment, I'm actually much rather being at home. And it's not always healthy. It's not a good thing. I should socialize. I should interact. But I haven't really wanted to. And I think the problem is, is that I'm finding a bit distressing when something comes up or things are going on. Um, unfortunately, I've had a couple of instances where I've had to cancel events like for illness you know I had shingles so I didn't do anything on Halloween um something came up in my personal family I had to cancel plans on Saturday so um you know there are circumstances why I've been cancelling things but it's also important to maybe look at how excited I am to cancel plans <laughs> and think that maybe there is somebody out there that maybe is going through the same sort of thing or maybe didn't recognize or realize that they're having these symptoms and I thought let me share my feelings because maybe it's going to help somebody else and at the end of the day this is a community and I want us to share things and love each other and like go through stuff together good times bad times good days bad days you know and this is more of a shine this is more than a shyness so this isn't something like oh I'm shy I don't want to meet new people um it's 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 a fear that that affects self-confidence, it affects relationships, it affects work, it affects school life. So there's many people that occasionally worry about social situations, but sometimes social situations be, can become really overwhelming. And there is the NHS in the UK has got a website page under the mental health, mental health conditions called social anxiety, social phobia. And this is where I'm getting this information from. So um if it's something that you want to go and read for yourself, go and have a look at the NHS website. Uh, I'm going to try not paraphrase everything that they've said. Um, but at the same time, I think the information they provide is quite imperative. And I think it's really important. And when I read it, I sort of went ding, ding, ding. This is exactly how I'm feeling. And I'm feeling like I don't want to leave the house. I feel like I just want to go to gym. I just want to go to the, to the shop and I want to come home. I just want to be at home. And I think that there's some social anxiety that I need to work through myself. And, you know, it's worrying about everyday activities. Luckily, I don't, I work from home. I don't actually have to go anywhere. So I don't have to worry about offices and starting conversations or things like that. But it's when you start avoiding social activities and group conversations or going out to parties or eating up with friends that this becomes sort of a problem. And, you know, there's some things that there is an embarrassment, you know, you could have a shyness in the in the fact that you could feel like you're going to be blushing or sweating or impure incompetent. That's that's very different to what I'm feeling. But I understand that that is still a social anxiety. So that's why I'm mentioning it. But, you know, whether you have low self-esteem or you are having a panic attack, some people with social anxieties, there is a mental 
health issue that's a little bit deeper, such as depression and general anxiety or panic disorders. I have to be dead honest. I don't have any of those. I don't suffer with depression. I don't think I have a mental illness of, of any sort. Uh, one one that's really something that needs to be medicated. I'm probably a bit of a bitch at times, and that's definitely a mental health issue. But um, I I definitely don't have depression and anxiety and things like that. I'm very fortunate. When I do suffer from anxiety, I feel like the world's ending because it's not something that I experience daily. So I'm very fortunate in this. So I do think that this is just a phase that I'm going through. And it is something that maybe you should have a chat to your, your GP about, especially if you if it's having a big impact on your life. It's not for me. I'm just kind of going through a phase where I just don't want to be out. I don't want to be around people. I don't want to see people. I just, like, I don't want the anxiety of it. An event that I was meant to go to on the weekend that, I, that unfortunately I couldn't attend, the girl that doesn't want to be my friend is there. And I just feel like it would have been the most awful night for me because I would have been like avoided by somebody all night and I don't want that nobody wants to feel like like you're excluded or you're avoided it's not a nice feeling and that's why I didn't want to go but and I think it's created a bit of social anxiety for me but I don't think that this is a like a long I think the next time I go to a bra or something it, everything will be fine it's just all in my head at the moment but like I said I'm bringing this up for, for any listeners out there that maybe do have a deeper issue or have a deeper feelings or deeper behavioral symptoms that this might just go ding 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 okay well that makes sense so that's why I'm talking about this in such depth but um, you know I think that speaking to a mental health specialist is always a good thing if you refer yourself to the NHS psychological therapist which is the IAPT uh, you can do that without a referral from your from your GP. You can literally go onto the NHS Psychological Therapist Service, which is the AIPT, A for Indigo, A for uh, sorry, I for Indigo, A for um, Alpha, P for Papa, T for Tango, and they can actually help you. But things that you can try and do to overcome social anxiety as you try to understand more about your anxiety, think about what it makes you feel, write it down. Um, have a look at how you behave in certain social situations. Keep a little diary if you need to of how things are making you feel. And try some relaxation techniques, breathing exercises, uh, breathe down challenging situations into smaller parts and try and work through them. And try and focus on what people are saying rather than assuming the worst. And if you want to just have a look and read up about anxiety, fear and panic and look at the ways in which you could potentially manage them. I think that would be a really good way to start. And you can also have a look on the NHS self-help guide for social anxiety. That's a really good thing. There's a little um, there's a little video on this NHS page which has also got how to cope with anxiety. It was put there on the 2nd of March 2021. And the media review due is the 2nd of March, 2024. So it's very relevant. It's very up to date. But let's have a look at what social anxiety creates. And I think it's a con, con, cog, my brain, cognitive behavioral therapy, which is a CBT. And that can be done with a therapist where a therapist can help you identify some of the patterns and behaviors and change them and what can be done with you to help you with that. There's a lot of self-help guides online. There's antidepressant medication. There's selective um, serotonin reuptake inhibitors, such as ext extraloprom. 
or sertralin. I assume that's medication, because, but it doesn't actually say. Anyway, I'm not going to read into that too much because that's definitely not what I'm looking to talk about today. Um, but I just think if anybody's going through something, if you have a bit of anxiety, if you're going through something with like triumphing a phobia or social anxiety, there are loads of support groups that can help people. There's social anxiety in children's support groups. Um, I, I'm not going to talk about kids because I'm not a kid and I don't have small people, but I would love to have one one day, but I don't. So um, that's a completely different topic. So yeah, if anybody's just going through something really strange or really weird and you just, especially now the holidays coming up, I just kind of feel really anxious about the whole thing. So, um, you know, I just want to, um, you're not alone if you are feeling that way. I think sometimes we all go through something. I very recently lost um, somebody in our lives that is really special. And I thought, I don't want to give too much details. I just, it's not really what I want to do on this podcast. But um, I think if you've got to say goodbye to somebody that's died or somebody that's dying, I think it's important the family members and friends and colleagues um, say goodbye in their own way, you know, especially if somebody's nearing the end of their life. Um, you know, if you're lucky enough and have a chance to, to actually say goodbye to that person uh, themselves, I think it's a really good closure that you, you kind of get. But sometimes you don't get the honor of being able to say goodbye to somebody. And I think there's tips that you could do to say goodbye to somebody nearing the end and I think be as close with your loved ones to the best that you can and focus on key and loving memories and it's okay to laugh and it's okay to be like have some fun together and if it's somebody that's in a hospice care you know sometimes just being around them or knowing that they're near you can be really really important but if somebody has died which is something that happened to us recently um, then, and you don't get to say goodbye to the person before their past that you care about and you feel that maybe there's a greater pain for their loss, there are a few things that you can do to help with grief. Now, I'm not a grief counselor anyway, so this information I personally looked up to try and to help myself a little bit. So I, any advice that I'm giving you on grief counseling, please take it to your own peril. Please Go and speak to a professional if it is something that's a very deeper because I don't want to lead anybody down the wrong path, especially when it comes to grief because this is not something I specialize in. It's not something I know very well. But again, it's something I'm dealing with. Not And, um, you know, might as, well, might as well do it together. So I think saying goodbye and I think find yourself a private or a quiet location. It could be a house. It could be a place that's special to you and that person bring an object or a photo that symbolizes their life and their me and your memories together and take a moment to say something that you need to say. I think when I lost, when I was 16, I lost my gran, which to this day is still a very traumatic thing for me because I was so close to my granny. Um, and I'm almost angry as I'm older because I feel like she's missed so much of my life. And I was so close to her and we had such a, a very seriously close bond that I remember, and I wish I, you know, at the time, I, I almost wish I kept a copy, a copy of it, but I wrote her a letter and I wrote my goodbye to her. 
And then I we had like a little braai at home and then I burnt the letter and let the letter like go up to my granny and um, said, said my goodbyes to her. But I wish now I, I could remember what I'd said to her because I would actually have liked to know what, I'd, what I said, you know. It was, geez, a long time ago. <laughs> you know, I was 16 at the time. So, but I think writing a letter or a diary entry or a poem or an email that can provide an outlet to your emotional, physical pain, um, you know, speak directly to that person through that letter, through everything you write. Tell them everything that you'd like to say and what you would have like to have said if they were still alive and you know take away that feeling of of not being able to to say what you wanted to say I think can really be good if you even just start a journal and start writing down memories of that person everything you can think of that was important to the two of you I think it's always a great thing to do and communicate with others you know share the memories with your loved ones and share stories that you can all feel um connected you know you all you all love that person in some some specific way as well you can even do a vision board or create a a memorial for that person as well and keep it for as long as it makes you feel okay it's not about anybody else it's not about anything else it's about you recovering from losing somebody that's so special to you and reinforce your thoughts and if you really need to speak to a grief counselor speak to an individual that deals with grief that can help you through a bereavement support group um, and you know find some resources that will be able to support you if there's something that that can actually help you get through something quite serious so it's quite a heavy podcast today for some reason it never was meant to be but I it has gone a bit dark hasn't it so let's change that let's talk about something less less heavy because not everybody's here for that Here's for just James, for just me. So we last podcast started our journey into DIY Christmas gifts because I believe this year we're all in a credit crunch. We all have expenses coming our way. And if we can find ways to make gifts that are meaningful and thought out that aren't going to cost an arm and a leg and it seems to have gone really well because a load of you guys sent me DMs and said that they were great ideas. So one of the things you can do is you can create your own um, gift wrapping paper, get the kids together, buy some brown paper. You can even make stamps with potatoes. You can buy cheap stamps from, you know, the pound land or something like that. And you can create um, your own wrapping paper for your gifts for this year. So that wrapping paper can be really expensive. You can make things like gingerbread fudge, which is a really good one. You can do pine-scented candles, make your own candles. Buying candle wax is cheap as chips on Amazon. Um, You can heat it down. It's really simple to do. You can find some recipes online. Um, You know, essential essence are are really not expensive. And you could even buy, like, what are those things called? There's, um, There's, like, goosh tins. I don't know what they're called. Is it goosh? You get, like, um a little glass bowl at the end of like a dessert and then you can like use that or get some really cheap cups even and just make your own candles they're really really cost effective to make I've made them before and quite honestly um I mean I'm not one for lighting candles in my house um reason being is that I really struggle with migraines so for me any like 
pungent smells, even like diffusers, actually trigger migraines for me. They're really not good for me. I, I don't actually have anything that's like smelly in my house. Um, as nice as they smell, they, but they do. They trigger my they trigger my migraines. But you know, a lot of people love candles, so candles is a great idea. Uh, you can make little snow globes. And um, you get the kids involved, especially as, as an idea for like inexpensive way. They're really easy to make. Um, there's a tutorial. There's quite a few tutorials, actually. I think even YouTube's got some good tutorials. You can do fabric-covered covered, <laughs> covered, fabric covered, uh, Christmas tree ornaments. You can do homespun ornaments as well. You can sort of create something that... Um, you can use like mod, mod podge and a photograph of your house or sort of something that's like a picture of your families and friends and you can actually create your own ornaments from that. You can do DIY salt dough ornaments. Again, cheap as chips to make the recipe, get the kids involved. They can literally give them away as classic gifts and something that people can keep as well. You can cross-stitch a gift, maybe cross-stitch a picture or cross-stitch something funny. And even if it's like a little, I don't know, Christmas stocking you put on there, just something really thoughtful that you can give somebody. Um, you can do gingerbread ice cream pints as well. Uh, again, I think ice cream, unless you've got the right tools to make ice cream, it might not be a very effective one. But you never know what you might have in your kitchen that I don't. You can make coasters as well. You know, you can do, um, you can do them with clay. You can do them with acrylic paint you can use I don't know um all sorts of materials you can get nice pieces of wood and paint pictures onto them uh you can do french fry ornaments that's another thing for your Christmas tree and it's a hilarious ornament for like a fast food friendly stitch that uh you could make at home as well you could do a DIY candy dispenser something that's you know if somebody's got a really good sweet tooth they can, you know, you can make a little candy dispenser for them. Uh, you can do a bubble bath gift box and just make, you know, buy all the little parts that go along to it yourself. Put together a little DIY bubble bath gift box. Um, you can do family heirloom ornaments as well. You know, if you've got, uh, if you've got ornaments that have been around for a really long time, you can consider them an heirloom. And, you know, add vintage family photographs to them. And then, you know, re... What's that I'm looking for? Um, Re-DIY them and sort of pass them on to other family and friends. You can um, do glittered snow ornaments is another one. You can make a, a DIY basket backpack, which they can use in springtime something that they can use when they go for picnics in summer you can fill it with flowers you can fill it with christmas stuff uh and then it's a really sweet little tote bag you can do uh little socks you can give everybody like cute funny little names on the end of the socks you know like if you can read this get me a glass of wine you could even like cross stitch the wording into it you know it could be quite funny little socks for the family you could do marble vases so um, you know, you can basically put some really cute like red and white marbles into a vase and then stack it with some garden flowers or evergreen springs and give that to your family and friends as well. Uh, or you could make like a DIY fleece bank blanket and you can make it yourself, sort of spruce it up yourself is another idea. So that's 20 more ideas for you guys on the um, Christmas 
ideas. So we'll keep going every week. Every week I'll give you another 20 and hopefully something along there is going to spark your interest or be something that will be relevant to you or something that maybe you could consider um, and, you know, use one of the ideas if you like that will just save you some money this year. Uh, when I'm at the end of the list, I'll let you guys know which ones I'm doing, but I'm definitely um, doing my own DIY gifts this year for a lot of my friends and family uh, that I'm buying gifts for. So we'll see. Uh, and with regards to cleaning, uh, you guys are liking the cleaning stuff still. You like the advice. So this one, one, one of my listeners asked me to talk about cleaning wheelie bins. Now, Wheelie bins can be so stinky. They can be so whiffy. They can be so gross. So if you can, pressure wash your wheelie bin. Use a hose and some uh, Jay's fluid and then turn it upside down and drain it out and dry it. Um, I've just got an email from Thames Water that the hose pipe ban has now been lifted in the UK. So we should be able to use our hose pipes again. But if you can, try not to waste some water. And, you know, if if there's something stuck to the bottom of the bin, then try and get it out. Or you can line it with newspaper so that it will absorb the moisture. And then next time you clean your bin out, you can just pull up that newspaper and try and keep your bins out of direct sunlight to slow down the comp the comp <laughs> the composition and reduce the likelihood of maggots as well. Um, so if you can also sort of spray i think you can sprinkle jay's fluid bin a uh, fresh bin powder to kill the germs and neutralize odors that's another one that will work as well so hopefully that's some advice for you uh on how to clean your wheelie bins so that should be a good one i hope um i'm quite fortunate i live, I live in a really big building and they do our bins for us so i don't have to do any of that but not everybody has that luxury so um Last week's conundrum, I have to admit, I before I started this podcast, because I, again, mentioned for the 17,000th time I'm sitting on the floor, um, I didn't actually go and look at who answered the conundrum. I'm so sorry. I 100% already know that Mish probably did, but I don't know if anybody else did. So I'm so sorry if anybody else did, and I haven't given you a shout out. But what comes at the end of everything and the answer is a G because everything ends in the letter G. <laughs> so this week is what is next in the sequence? What is next in the sequence? J, F, M, A, M, J, J, A, S, O, N. So it's J, F, M, A, M, J-J-A-S-O-N. What is the next letter in that sequence? And if you want to send your answers to me at Just James Podcast, which is just underscore James underscore podcast, I promise I will give you a shout out next week. I'll make sure of it. But I'm following a really cute TikToker, TikToker at the moment. He's an Australian TikToker. His name is Kung Hong. So it's K-H-A-N-H-O-N-G. And he makes the most extravagant lunch boxes i don't know if it's his partner or his housemate i'm not sure which is which um i don't know if there's a romantic relationship or just he's just an awesome housemate i'm not quite sure um but he makes the coolest lunch boxes every day for his friend and he cuts the sandwich every day with something like obsolete like a a pen or um a key but i think he obviously pre-cuts it but it's it's quite funny because every day you want to see what he's cutting the sami with it's so funny i go back every day to see what the sami was cut with um 
And of course, the lunch boxes he makes are so extravagant. They're so fancy. They're so lovely. And you kind of learn a little bit about cooking along the way. So it's a really nice little TikTok. So if you're looking for somebody cool to follow, I'd highly recommend them. Uh, and the housemates in some of the in some of the TikToks as well. So it's quite it's quite a cool little <laughs> little thing. But guys, attitude is a choice, and happiness is a choice. And I know I bang on sometimes about you know I, I can't always have great days, and I say this all the time. You know, we have good days, we have bad days, we have good weeks, we have bad ones. But the the mentality of of changing that perspective is is our choice, and and. Although I try and give you guys advice every now and again, and at the same time, I'm also talking myself through things that I'm going through, and I'm coming to terms with stuff in my own head while I'm talking to you. You're my therapy for me, and hopefully I'm in some way a bit of therapy for you. But optimism is a choice, kindness is a choice, and giving is a choice. Respect is a choice. Whatever your choices and whatever you choose, make that choice wisely and make that choice a great choice for yourself and for what's right for you and what's right for your family and what's right for your loved ones and your pets and your dogs and your donkeys. So I hope everybody has a wonderful week and we'll chat again next week. Goodbye. They're the two best friends that anyone can have. They're the two best friends that anyone can have. They're the two best friends that anyone can have. Just James and Thomas the Plant.